Hello everybody, welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige film. Today, we're talking about the 1983 film, Risky Business, uh, recently won the Patreon poll for which prestige film we should uh, record. It's a 1983 teen sex comedy. Gotta love your teenage <laughs> sex comedies. Yeah, I would as a teenager. <laughs> it's a different experience watching it as a, as a father of teenager, mm-hmm. as, a, as a teenager. Uh, it's written and directed by one Paul Brickman, who honestly didn't do much before or after this. He was kind of famous mm-hmm. for writing the script to one of the sequels to The Bad News Bears, mm-hmm. and then he hit it out of the, 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 the park with this one and, and uh, hasn't done much since. It stars, of course, Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and Rebecca De Mornay. Uh, it also stars, uh, Joey Pants, Joe Pantilano, or Pantal Pantaleano. Oh God. Pantaleano. Thank you're, you. You're close enough. I need the real Italian tongue to, to handle that one. <laughs> uh, also I was delighted to find out it's, it uh, stars Bronson, uh, uh, Pinshot. Right. Who we so- just recently watched in, uh, that Tarantino, uh, Shit, the one he wrote but didn't direct. Oh yeah, 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 with uh, 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 Christian Slater. Slater. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that called? Wild something or other? I keep wanting to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's but it's not. It's not it. But that one, yeah. Uh, of course, he's best known for playing Cousin Balky. Uh, yes. Perfect Strangers. Don't be ridiculous. Oh, uh, it's and kind of an interesting thing of Kismet. Uh, our pal Anthony's launching a podcast called. Perfect Stranger Things. It's a Stranger Things retrospective and mm-hmm. look at 80s pop culture. Uh, there you go. Bronson Pinchot. Uh, it also stars Curtis Armstrong, who you might know as Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. I was also delighted to find out he voiced Ezekiel the Cockroach on HBO's Doom Patrol. I had no idea he was still working and uh, hmm. uh, I had, had no idea he was in one of my favorite things in the last two years. I have never seen this film, Jim. Uh, you know, teenage raunchy sex comedies, not a big thing in my house growing up. I bet. Not one of those things also where it's like one of those things where like, ah, I need to get, it's one of the classics, one of the greats, although it is. It has that scene. It, it has, has the scene. scene and I was waiting and I was, I was shocked that it comes right, right up front. Right. Tom it's, Cruise shaking I, his ass in underwear. Yeah. We got to talk about that later. Rocking out to the, the old time, that old time rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um what did you think of uh, this movie here, Risky Business? Uh, I've seen a lot of movies like this mm. since. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got out from under the the, the parental thumb. thumb. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is the best of them that I've seen, but I was, let's say, delighted by the surprises that this movie has. I, okay. I, think, I think this movie is utterly unbelievable. Like, oh, the, yeah. It's, it's a almost to a farce level of yeah. ridiculousness, but like, I, I don't know. I've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's this, but much better and um, more adult. Certainly more adult. Um, but the three years later, you know, it's an evolution of this. So you got to give this credit as being before that. Um, I, I don't know. It 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 was funny. It went to places I didn't expect this movie to go, and that was what kept me engaged and watching. Yeah, and plus it's just, it's noteful, noteworthy of being. Uh, this is kind of Tom Cruise's breakout role. He yeah. was squeaky yeah. clean, twenty one year old. I know he'd done work before, but this is the one that kind of made him a household name. Uh, good early work by uh, Rebecca De Mornay, uh, which I don't know if I mentioned what uh, I forgot to mention all the stuff she's been in. But uh, you might have seen her in Backdraft, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, 
Uh, Wedding Crashers. He's recently on Marvel's uh, Jessica Jones. Okay. Um, I, yeah, like I, I have not seen a lot of these. Like I haven't seen, you know, Wet Hot in American Summer, American Pie. Oh, no. Like a lot of wow, the, okay. like, like, <laughs> like the, a lot of the raunchy teenage comedies. I still haven't gone around to see Euro Trip. Just like, yeah, yeah no, not that one. Tons of these in the late nineties. Sure, sure. And I missed every single one of them. I was surprised by a couple things. Number one, you're right. It is a, a farce. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's a, um, satire. Like I think of, you know, when you think of this was the mo- this was the era yeah. of Wall Street and what was the ABC <laughs> with Michael J. Fox family ties, like the young Republican, everything motivated by business and greed. And I, I couldn't get that out of my head during this movie. Yes, uh, that that it had it had a lot of kind of lampooning of of that culture, like uh, that's kind of still effective, like bro startup culture. Um, it's ahead of its time. I'm I was also surprised I'm, that it's eroticism. Is it like well, I. Maybe maybe we don't need to talk about it right up front here before we get into what the movie's about. But like, I have questions about whether this is a satire or whether this is feeding right into the Wall Street cocaine, mm. fuck it all, burn like this isn't is all Poe's, just money. Yeah, life that, is money. Let's do this thing. Isn't that Poe's law? Like the closer yes, you get to sure. uh, on target parody, the more it becomes indistinguishable from a earnest version of the thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I was also surprised by the eroticism of this film. I was not ready for yes. like hot sex and fantasy sequences. The nudity, the sexuality right up front. It just slams you with that. And it also um, subverts it. So like, um, you know, there had been some steamy scenes before, but then when like, uh, you know, they're, they're, she's been promising this like sex on a train mm-hmm. and then Phil Collins in the air tonight mm-hmm. starts up yeah. and I'm like, I got some expectations <laughs> and suddenly Tom Cruise is trying to get it on looking into <laughs> the eyes of this, bu- this train bum <laughs> who's like, okay, I get, I'm, I'm getting a sh- I'm getting a show tonight on, on, on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked it. It's, it's, it's yeah. weird because, like, it also, like, you know, as an adult, I watch this and I see, you know, the un- how unrealistic it is. Yes. I also, like, start thinking. I start doing the math. Like, I, I it was clever that they established that Tom Cruise is an old high school senior. He's an eight- he's a 19-year-old. Yeah, he is about ready al- to go to college. He's a legal adult. So there's nothing statutory here. Some of his friends, some of his friends are not 18. <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly don't look it. And some of that feels a little uncomfortable. Um, it's funny because like I feel like I've I just happened to see Licorice Pizza over the break. And that features a love affair between a 15-year-old and 25-year-old, which I found mm. similarly um, kind of, you know, uncomfortable and, and weird. I kind of feel like we ought to do the graduate pretty soon because then I could, you know, okay. it's like, yeah, I just want to see all the, the weird, you know, uh, uh, you know, c- kind of like older women taking advantage of, of boys type of type of movies to see yeah. how, what I think about them. But, uh, I liked it. I thought it was funnier. Th- I was, it was funnier than I expected. It was sexier than I expected. It has a great soundtrack. This, um, yeah. Like early '80s techno by Tangerine Dream, mm-hmm. uh, with a, a lot of really smart uh, pop culture reference. Like I said, Phil Collins there in there tonight. Fucking songs a banger, man. When the Sonos started singing with the, yeah, like, I was disappointed by by what they're showing when they do that because like it is yeah, iconic. It, I mean, that moment in music is yeah one of the most iconic moments in music. Period. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to use it. 
to just shoot an external shot of a train slowing down into a station mm-hmm. did not hit me the way I was hoping for that song to hit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm I I would lie if I didn't say it as soon as this movie is over I queued up that song and listened to it just like man it's fucking, a fucking sounded so good still. on my hi-fi setup and the. I'm, yeah, like, uh, I'm like Tom Cruise's dad. I got the EQ set right. I cranked the yeah. <laughs> that solo era flying into my underwear badass. and my sunglasses. Um, tidy whities or have you updated your look? Oh yeah, I mean the tidy whities. Me I left those in the '80s. I'm into the yeah. boxer briefs now. Um, Good, but yeah, I I, I liked it. I, do, what else do we want? I mean, I guess suppose uh, this is the point where we should tell the people what this movie is about. I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many, many people have seen it. Uh, you've certainly seen the Tom Cruise dancing naked at uh, old time rock and roll. Yeah, shaking uh, like a fish, a landed fish in his couch. I was surprised how long the movie stayed on that scene. Like, there's a lot to that scene. Like, Tom Cruise is like really fucking yeah. busting a move. More it's than a, you think of the video. iconic stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not just him sliding into the da 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 da. Like, they almost needed to pair the Phil Collins song with the moment where he slides in. <laughs> and that would have been iconic enough to to make it happen. For I would like me, to see like, him play air drums in there tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this movie is about Tom Cruise. He is a a nineteen year old about to graduate high school kid named Joel. His parents are uh, upper middle class, living in one of the swankier suburbs uh, in in the Home Alone suburb of Chicago. And he is uh, oh uh got the short God. on the short track to a, a Ivy League education. He's in the Young Entrepreneurs Club. He's got his finals coming up. He's All he's got to do is keep his nose to the grindstone, get through this week. His buddy orders him a sex worker that leads to him running a brothel, an unlicensed brothel out mm-hmm. of his parents' home. While they're on vacation. While yeah, they're on vacation. Uh, a vacation that seems to last about six months it, in this movie. It it is. It's. I think it's a single week, but it it does feel like it lasts a good long time. And yeah. it's at its pivotal moment in this guy's life. There's a misunderstanding with the pimp. Uh, I don't know if it's a misunderstanding. There's a situation with the pimp. Yeah. Uh, there's some uh, unexpectedly high stakes. Like that's the other thing. It's like I thought that like I in the first third of this movie I kind of settled in for like oh this is going to be kind of this romp. And then suddenly there's a little bit of element of danger. And um, they I also thought Re- Rebecca De Mornay's character, Lana, does a really good job of kind of like subverting the, you know, the hooker with the heart of gold. You expect her to like take pity on this young boy, yeah. but she kind of mercilessly takes advantage of him throughout the movie in ways that I didn't think ever felt unfair. I'm Dude, like, you dumb fuck rich kid. This is you kind of deserve this. It, it, have we fully said what the movie's about? Because I got, I'm itching to talk about Tom Cruise in this movie. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's just like, is is he, okay. will he resolve the various situations he's got himself right. into before his parents come home? Will he still be, will his parents arrive <laughs> with his, you know, yeah, is he going to, is he going to maintain his career? Is he going to maintain his, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so you talked about Rebecca Spoilers from here on out. Um, she, she, yeah, doesn't really like unfairly take advantage of him because of how, colossally like foundationally inhumanly profoundly <laughs> dumb they make tom cruise at the beginning of this movie it's so he's a teenage boy you're saying no 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 <laughs> get your kid in give him a microwave meal and see what he does with it in the kitchen because there is a scene the scene right before the iconic mm, uh, 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 tom cruise 
unpacks a hungry man meal or whatever from the freezer, <laughs> yeah. sits down at his, his dining room table pretending to be an adult, picks up a frozen block of potatoes it is frozen, and gravy, right? a literally frozen block, and tries to eat it like a popsicle. He is so fucking stupid. I wasn't sure if he had burnt it or like what were they trying to say because like surely he's not so stupid but I He thought... does not understand the concept of temperature in this movie. <sighs> and, and worse then... <laughs> worse he's taking Shiva's Regal and pouring it into coke. <laughs> <laughs> that might be worse. Yeah. You know this. You don't make a Jack and Coke with Scotch, son. What the hell, dude? It, and it and it it almost saves the movie in a way. How colossally dumb he is yeah. by having this microwave dinner meal uh, scene. Yeah, because the ways that um, Lana is it Lana? Yeah, it's Lana. Takes advantage of him couldn't be done to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Anyone even. Four brain cells smarter. Right. Ends up calling her bullshit, calling the cops something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But in this movie, he is just colossally dumb. And he's got a kind of got this like uh, urge to bust loose. Like you got the idea that his parents have kept him very, you know, much on task and unfocused and they're very demanding. And But he's still not even that. Like his GPA isn't very good. And yeah. like he's he's not able to get by his business and, idea is like sky mall level of like yes. like bad sky mall like <laughs> maybe not as bad as like the copper anti-arthritic bracelets sure but like, sure not full-on scam but yeah it's uh it's it's off to solve a problem that no one has ever had Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's it's just man, he's dumb, and and the movie never the movie can't do enough in the week that his parents are gone for me to actually believe that his stupidity has been remedied and that he could hang at Princeton. Oh like, yeah, I, I assumed like he'd be okay because his parents are wealthy, obviously. Oh yeah, um, the kid isn't gonna starve, but the kid's too dumb to really do anything. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, I think, satirical aspects is like the idea that there's nothing this rich, privileged kid could do to really ruin his life. Yeah. And even the ways he ruins his life are seen as attractive go getter, like by the Princeton. And then I, that was weird because like I thought that what he was going to do is like finesse this guy, like, hey, take one of these ladies, have a good time on me, blah, blah, blah. And like kind of like lean into corruption. But apparently this recruiter came over there. Saw this entire milieu uh-huh. of the sixteen-year-olds getting it on with the forty-year-old streetwalkers and all, like and like you know what? This is the kind of material we need at Princeton, and yeah. it's kind of like that. Like, not nothing. This is this isn't much ado about nothing situation. Nothing bad happens to Tom Cruise. Like, there's so many terrible things that could have happened. Yeah. And nothing does like he even runs into a pimp with the heart of gold who kind of like fucks with him more than he actually does anything real to him. Yeah, he's no worse for wear at the end of this. Certainly, literally, he's he's better for wear. His mom's Um, eggs cracked and and he's got to pay it off. But right. The other thing about that is like. It's hilarious to me that his mom is so worried about this egg. 
to the point where like he's worried for his life i think at some point if the egg oh, doesn't yeah. get returned uh-huh. he's, his parents are going to kill him literally uh and, and then when she comes home and she sees it is cracked she's like oh i'm, I'm so angry and the dad's like well we'll buy we'll make tom cruise buy you another and i'm like well if you if these can be bought off the shelf at fucking macy's <laughs> who gives a shit if it's cracked this lady is making too much of a deal of this yeah, yeah. but I, I guess it's like it's a particular type of egg and yes there are more but it's probably yeah, very it's not expensive. like a fabergé it's like a no it's like a cut so- glass, solder it, it, or I, something. I looked it up and it's like from a famous like glassworks company exactly yeah yeah that you would if you knew if you watched antiques roadshow or something you'd probably know but i don't but it's kind of off so. the shelf it's not a one of a kind i thought this was handmade no, and like by italian artisans or something and it's like nah it looks like what you get at a flea market for 20 bucks yeah yeah you know so you put it you put it in your front yard. It's a reflecting ball. It's a pink flamingo. It's a yeah. It's a piece of glass, man. Honestly, looks like a kind of uh, not a tchotchke, just kind of a thing. Tom Cruise does go through a little bit of an arc because in the beginning of in the beginning of this movie, he's kind of a pushover. Like uh-huh. he's aimless. Yeah. He's you know connected and and doing this that and the other and and i think the movie wants you to think he's smart although it does a good job of blowing that up after first five minutes (laughs) but like there's this like you know he's he is also just extremely repressed yeah like this kid is so sexually repressed that his sex dreams he can't get off in right because like he gets in a hot steamy and then like the door leads to his exam office where he's going to flunk out or it leads like what's the other he's having a fantasy and like his cops bust in the cops bust in and, and raid him like this guy is so repressed and like there's it's a running joke where like he's trying to pass off like, oh, yeah, I was had this op- and his friends just don't even believe him mm-hmm. um, to this guy who is a pimp, you know, like to the point where like his friends come over to like borrow his room to have sex because he's <laughs> right. not using it. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> that's which, just going to waste. That's that's gross, right? Oh, I wouldn't like, let a your buddy have sex hot bunk yeah. in your, your bed. No. No no switching the sheets or nothing. Just yeah. yeah. Like if I got a moldy couch in my parents' basement, maybe sure. you can use that. But my bed? My bed? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you. Um I thought so I was wondering when the iconic like this is man, this feels a lot like home alone. Or maybe home maybe it does that intentionally because Chris Columbus is like you know, having Macaulay Culkin dance and and sing and like, yeah. but, but him breaking loose from his parents' grip felt a lot like early stage Home Alone. Um, uh-huh. That I, sequence was a hell of a lot of fun. I thought it was going to be like you know like the, yeah. the, the ten second gag, but it's pretty much the entire song. And and uh, legend has it, Tom Cruise improvised all of that stuff. Nice, and he does a pretty convincing like splits. Tom Cruise been doing good couch work since the <laughs> early eighties. <80s. laughs> <laughs> yeah this couch got pile drive so he could dance on oprah's yeah uh no you're right i expected this this scene to come later in the movie though like more celebratory but i but yeah i feel it right i feel this scene as a kid a, a guy who used to be a teenager every time your parents left the house it was just like it, my kingdom it felt like my your, your world's is full alive. of possibilities like right? i'm i am it, it is it's like it is very home alone that like as soon as your parents leave you in charge it's like 
all the fucking unlimited. It feels like even though it's not, especially you know, you and I lived out uh, kind of in the country, the the like uh-huh. southern Indiana suburbs, but uh, it feels like it. it. Feels like you could do anything. It does. It does. They 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 do some good work there. I, I think later they they sort of undermine the stuff that they're doing here. Um, that feels totally relatable and real. Um, they do some stuff that feels the exact opposite later, but. I think yes, this part is very good and it's iconic for a reason because everyone feels that. Yeah, um, we talked, we joked a little bit about this guy's uh, junior businessman class or whatever. Their final project is where they're trying to make you know money, real world money. Mm-hmm. And this memo box, I talked about it, Sky, because like I love Sky Mall. I love my favorite part about flying is like getting it and like looking at all the pages and like seeing like because some of this stuff was like legitimately cool. They had like you know usually it's like licensed merch and stuff, but some of this stuff is like you know solutions in search of a problem. And yes. this it's like it's a piece of paper and you hit a button and it flashes to let you know you wrote a piece of paper. And we're it, talking about an era that almost certainly had answering machines, correct? No, his mom leaves him a message. Oh Christ, you're right. <laughs> uh, at at one point, so like this, this is, is useless. It's it, if, but it felt it feels like that SkyMall where like you would probably sucker in enough people to sell yeah. a thousand of them for nine ninety. Still, people who can't afford the cost of a buck eighty three or answering machine, the high tech answering machine in that day. Yeah, yeah, and you probably would lie about its features. It'd probably be like high tech digital circuitry to like you know, and sure. then you get it, sure. and it's like oh, it just two flashed. LEDs on it, just switch. two LEDs and a voice chip that says memo, memo, memo. But yep. like, <laughs> it's uh, it's exactly the kind of thing these idiots would come up with. Um, yeah and that's the thing they do a pretty good job early on painting tom cruise like i said as being profound staggeringly stupid yeah um but also mediocre being profoundly distracted by chasing women right like the the repression is manifesting in in ways that are holding him back not unlike his other friends who are scoring who are getting it right yeah yeah they're all they're all studying for their exams they're all getting admitted to ivy league schools but he's held back because he's so obsessed with the neighbor um, he's obsessed with the sex that he's not having. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the extent that he can't sleep. Yeah, like there's that. Uh, it's like his his <laughs> libido is is uh, burning a hole in his pocket or something like that. And uh, I I'll tell you if you can't sleep. Yeah, you might not want to put a checks cashed uh, Kenny Rogers roaster type sign right above your bed, flashing <laughs> yeah. red lights. Every it was definitely Roxanne needed to turn off that red light because <laughs> right. it was definitely. I mean, they they do lay on some of that stuff a little thick. I for thought. sure, uh, yeah. but but in a way, I thought was was kind of entertaining. Uh, then there's a scene where Booger, you know, decides. That's the other thing is like this guy has no agency for so much of this. In fact, a lot of this movie. Like he's forced yeah. into things. The only thing he does of his own free will is call Lana. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Booger calls up a, a, a pro for him, and turns out it's a, it's a, a, a trans. Like I couldn't tell if this scene was more racist or transphobic. It's probably equal <laughs> amounts of both. Sure, it's the '80s. Equal opportunity for racism. <laughs> but I also felt like, I mean, of course, you know, I'm not the authority. Um, but I also thought, like in retrospect, it had. It wasn't a because like they make it clear that Tom Cruise is just being an unimaginable asshole and this lady is overlooking like egregious behavior and also milking mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, like she's going to she's going to get her she's going to get her full freight for showing up here. Rightfully so. I think like yeah. you wasted the person's time. You give them the gas money, you give them money for their time. Yeah, and I thought like, you know, like it's one of those things where it's like I thought it was going to be like, "Oh, sweetie, I'm not what you expected. It's no problem." But like, no, she makes him pay and then says, "Hey, I know what you white boys around the lake want cuz they all want the same thing." And it turns out it's Rebecca De Mornay, which well, it turns out it's I think this is more like an operation they're running, right? Because she comes in and she steals the egg. She's a thief. She's but she, a Would she have done that if he paid her? Because like I don't, I feel like that he does pay her, right? He goes and gets the well, he goes to get the bonds. Some and hours back. later, he comes back. But like I think and she's, she's like probably going to bounce with the yeah. yeah, yeah she's gonna yeah, like, maybe she just didn't trust that he actually. And had also, the cash. like, what you, you leave a you're going to leave a uh, you're going to leave a sex worker in the eighties alone in your house. parents' upper middle class house, like for come fat, on. like I said, staggering. Staggeringly stupid. stupid. <laughs> um, and uh, there's like, there's a lot of funny scenes. Like, there's a lot of like where I thought they were going to get up to Ferris Bueller type action. Like, the first time he pulls out with the Porsche. Yep. And it's playing. And they do. They, they do, play the cool music. They, make, they smooth it all over by the end. And, and and then they, uh, but then he kills it. He stalls it, pulling out, and the, the music stops. Yeah, that was clever. It I turns it. back up. And then the music starts back, like, ah, right back on. And it, yeah, I, I, I like those little touches but, leading up to, like, because like, this is the first, like, act of the movie and then like rebecca de mornay is a bomb that goes off she shows up and it's like at first i thought it was another sex fantasy me too because the door knocks and she just kind of comes in yeah. and you know i think it is a little like magical realism like tom cruise caesar and the door blows open and the the <laughs> it's extremely like romanticized eroticism mm-hmm. and they have like sex they imply it, like all night long like the tv stations are turning off yeah, you know they're, they're like a kids. You didn't if you didn't know back in the old days, TV would just call it quits. Like you get to be what one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, sometimes yep. earlier on weeknights, and they'd be like, you know what, go to fucking bed. Get We're the done. Test pattern. Yep. Here's the here's the pledge of allegiance. Here's the flag. We'll see you in like six <laughs> hours. And I I kind of I kind of wish the internet did that. The internet sleep. Yeah, if the internet would like like at two. Like if I'm in like if I'm in a, a two minute a two two a.m. insomnia session, I'm just mindlessly uh you know browsing Reddit or Twitter. I wish like at two o'clock my Jesus, router would be like. Man, that's like. You know what? It's been a long day. Playing the playing the national anthem, raising the flag. It's it's, it's start again at six o'clock in the morning. You know. <laughs> that's that's Chinese firewall level of levels of of monitoring and control and just like technological and i need it control like yeah because then you have to gate different time zones at different actual daytimes i guess it's easier when you have terrestrial transmitters in the time zone that you know um yeah what what changed in the last 40 years where we became a 24 7 society i don't think like i've seen a lot written about that but like we went like when i grew up the tv turned off a lot of places are still closed on Sundays. Certainly closed early on Sundays. Money Nobody never was sleeps, open. Man. Nobody's open on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Like, what the hell happened? Isn't we, that we a Wall Street stop. slogan? Money never sleeps. I think that's a yeah. I think it's exactly what it is. Wall Street happened. Yeah, 
Yeah, they decided like you can who whoever decided that they're going to stay open is going to make some more money and. But ironically, Wall Street still abides by the. That's true. Nine thirty to four. Those fuckers pl- Yeah. What the fuck? Bankers hours. Unless you're on, you know, certain brokerages, and then you get the extended hours, and then yeah. you can trade globally, and you get yeah after hours trading, baby. Even they've gotten into it. Sure. Um, uh, I, I want to talk about some of the the filmmaking aspects of this and the storytelling aspects of this movie. Cause I think there's good and bad here to be had. Um, the, the filmmaking stuff is interesting because I think they start off strong. Uh, they're like, like you said that, that scene where he pulls out of his father's garage in the Porsche and the music stops when the car stalls. Very funny. That's nice. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good touch. Uh, th- there's the steamy bathroom scene where he's seeing his naked neighbor and fantasizing about her. Yeah. And the, bathroom appears to like grow longer and uh-huh. longer as it gets steamier and he tries to right find his way to her i thought that was a cool effect and then when his parents are leaving there's an escalator shot which is like a oneer where his dad never breaks eye contact with the camera the entire shot and he's going backwards up an escalator and then and then getting off that escalator and going around a corner and i'm like how the fuck did this actor pull this off? And then I saw like the mother is leading him, mm. but still it's not easy. And it was, it was just a really cool effect and a cool shot. What did you think of the, cause like the movie takes a turn. Like it's like kind of like funny and, you know, sexy and uh, like teenage wish fulfillment. Uh, and then it gets to a point where um, he tried he and his friend, he and Balky, he and cousin, uh, Tom Cruise and cousin Balky track uh, Lana down to a swanky yeah. like hotel restaurant and kind of like, you know, give her the eye. Like, I know you got my egg. And she decides like, oh, I want to fuck with these kids again. And then her pimp shows up played by a 32 year old Joey Pantal, uh, Joey Pants. That's what I started this whole fucking thing. So I didn't have to ever say his last name. Yeah. Joey Pants. Uh, who, by the way. Looks like Nick Cage out of Face Off. I would say he's right. The facials like like he. And in fact, yes. he might have had a face facial reconstruction deal. Oh, oh, Nick Cage as Sean Archer in yes. Face Off. Yeah, 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 yeah. The haircut, the bow, like it's the he's there's something cagey he's, about his face. Oh, okay. He's still yeah. He's still uh, what's his name? Um, yes, he is only recognizable in my opinion by his voice. Yes, because his. It, it, that has not changed, but his mm. face I, is totally different now. Yeah, and it's not like he was ugly before and he's good looking now, or vice versa. Yeah, he's like, he's it's just fun. different. He's really changed as he's gotten as he's gotten older. Yeah, maybe he filled out into his nose or something. I, something. I don't yeah. know. But at thirty two, you would think he filled out already. Yeah, right? he's hit the human growth hormone before the Matrix or what? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. But um, or so before he sh- Fugitive because he looks Joey Pants and Fugitive. And he shows up and he adds menace. Yeah, yeah. Um, legitimately. That that because he, he's pretty he's pretty he, he he's a pretty good job of like uh, playing some kind of uh, Scarface type character. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he's he might be mobbed up. He's connected. His name's Guido. Like you know, Guido he's got the this, pimp. He's got this uh, the the suit and he pulls out a gun. He starts threatening them, and they they'll go in his car chase. It's I think uh, like uh, some kind of Lincoln or Cadillac versus this Porsche 928. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, right. The first corner they hit, they're gone. Yeah, they're fucking yeah, yeah, gone. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt like this but car sure, chase eh, is like I, I've seen a lot of good car chases lately, and this was not one of them. 
this is one of the more unbelievable things in the movie. And it's not but, funny. It's also just like, we're just going to do a straight up car chase. We're just not going to exit. We're, they're not going to be very compelling uh, character. They're not going to yeah. be very compelling vehicles. And it's not going to be done kind of poorly. They're trying to they're trying to do something with Booger here in the back where he's like, I'm going to throw up. No, I'm going to throw up on you, Joel. I, it's it's not very funny. No, it, not super exciting. It felt, it's the only part of the movie that felt kind of tedious. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, you know, uh, Rebecca De Mornay talks him into letting her stick. Cause you know, obviously she's been thrown out. She's fallen out with her pimp and she's got his egg back and like him being like having to go to school and say, you know, it's like, Hey, just don't steal anything. And it's, I thought that was a really great building of tension that, uh, you know, you got him at the school just watching the clock go and they kept cutting back to her. just casing the place. Yeah, like going through all their shit, seeing all like all the stuff that she could steal, essentially, uh, until they get to like where it's like a few seconds before. And, and what does he say? He's like, come the fuck on when the like the bell will <laughs> uh-huh. ring at the end of it. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, things get weird here, though, with like, you know, we talked about how stupid he is, but come on. I mean, like. He's also gullible. He's also very gullible. He's taken in by this woman who mm-hmm. he wants to be his girlfriend or whatever. And there's just a lot of weird stuff. Like he doesn't ask when when he catches back up with her and they have the Porsche chase and they end up back at his place. He doesn't ever ask about the egg until like halfway through the next morning. Like they've eaten breakfast. They're doing yeah. all these things. And the whole point of tracking her down was to get this egg. Mm-hmm. And he's just totally distracted by, I don't know, the sex they had that yeah, night or yeah. something. It's like, God, you're so stupid. You are so stupid. And that's what it is. Like, it makes me wonder, like, was that him driving down there more to get the egg back? Or was it more to, like, get her back? Because he's also, like, full on impressed, like, trying to impress the shit out of her by how fast he drives a Porsche and by, like, the fact that he doesn't back yeah. down this pimp and... You know, I don't know. Uh, There's just a lot of things that didn't add up. He loses the plot a bit. He he smokes a joint. He wears some just really terrible jorts. Oh my god! Some yes. of the worst. Well, some Cut of the worst. Like like Tom Cruise is a very attractive man. Can pull off about anything. And he's in excellent uh, I, shape in this cro- movie too. You know, crop top outfits good. and top and Top Gun, no problem. Yeah. These jorts, these jean shorts are. Cut-off jean shirts are the worst. <laughs> right. It's like well, someone went to Walmart, got an off-the-rack Wranglers, and just cut them poorly, not even the same length. And <laughs> They were yeah. probably Oshkosh is my <laughs> – that's what I'm thinking. They're bad. They're bad. Yeah. Um, but, none of, like, again, it's much ado about nothing because, like, they set up uh, mm-hmm. Joey Pants to be this kind of violent pimp. Doesn't menace anyone. By the yeah. time he shows up at the end of the film – uh, where he's cleaned out his house, like it's almost like a guy. It almost feels like a, him, like one of those uh, soprano scenes where like Tony's fucking with somebody. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm intim- I'm intimidated shit out of this guy because I'm a gangster, but I don't really care. Yeah, and it's kind of funny to me. But like the idea that like uh, Joel is actually going to get hurt, or even Rebecca Delmorne, because like she's curious. I wonder if I watch this again if I get the opinion that like they're in on it. I think so. I think are they, they are. because she's never that well, really intimidated right. by him. She's calling him stupid, even during uh, the high speed state. She's hanging out the window, like shining him on and all. Like, and then at the end, there's the train sex distraction, which is clearly a distraction, but it isn't intentional. And she's the one that suggests it's like, oh, don't right. you want to have sex on a train? Like, I don't want to have sex. And that's on when an Joey Pants like, oh, no, <laughs> right? 
And that's when Joey Pants comes in and steals everything. So you get the impression that it is definitely a distraction that's intentional. But he asks her that straight up and she denies it. But I Mm. but he's so gullible and stupid. I'm not believing that. I don't believe it in the moment. But then there's a weird switcheroo at that moment too, where He's like, well, I'm going to Princeton anyway, so I guess this is our last night together. So what does it matter if it was an intentional thing? And they go off and I don't know, have another ice cream together or something. Yeah. And I wonder, because there's a couple points where like, I wondered if I was a younger man, if I would turn against Rebecca de Mornay because the shameless way she's taken advantage of. Like, that, that where she, yeah. where the Porsche rolls into the water. Oh, I guess I've God. never heard this sound come out of Tom Cruise's voice like <laughs> this, like kind of like pa- panicky teenage scream. You lock the door. The keys are inside as he's desperately right. trying to keep this Porsche rolling into <laughs> Lake Michigan. Uh, and of course it, it, it does. But like, of course, I never once felt sorry for Joel. And I was no. always like, yeah, fuck this kid. You know, like this, like this guy is an ATM with no limit. This because because the other thing yes go ahead I'm sorry I I was gonna say this is where the movie lets me down um because I have seen movie like Ferris Bueller's Day Off because Tom Cruise is Cameron in this movie and everything happens to him identically he gets taken advantage of by his friends who push him down these paths he doesn't want to go down his car gets totaled his dad's car gets totaled Mm -hmm. but crucially and and this is actually good storytelling in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There's a moment of growth that that spurs a character to grow and to accept responsibility for their own life. Yeah. In this movie, it's just totally washed away by the end. Yeah, he 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 makes the money to fix the car. The car comes back. It's He's in a better situation. Clean. His dad it. gives him a hug and loves him. Yeah, his mom's pissed, right? and I'm thinking like, oh, this is where you're going to see how bad his home life is, where nothing like you know like. God, you, you left a kid alone and he didn't do like as far as you know, he didn't do anything. And there's a small crack in your egg and you're going to throw a shit fit about how irresponsible he is. Jesus Christ. But then and then then I thought it's like the other shoe's going to drop with his dad. But then it's like not a Princeton guy bought your shit hook, line and sinker. <laughs> right. And he gets all his furniture back. He is no worse for wear. And I feel like that is the major shortcoming of this movie as compared to something like Ferris Bueller. Yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. Um, and like the other thing I thought would be it'd feel creepy about this teenage boy with this sex worker. But they make it very like I said, they show his date like like his parents got him a bo- bear's bond when he was born. And it was like I did the math. I mean, oh, he's 19. Uh, but, but not only that, like Rebecca de Mornay is only like a year or two older than Tom Cruise. And it feels yeah. like she's young. Like she might uh-huh. just be like. Uh, maybe she, her life, I mean, cause I don't know, like, I, I'm not trying to put shade on sex work, but like she has a pimp. He does seem like he's kind of a violent psychopath. Like I have a hard time believing people would just like want willingly go into this particular type of situation mm-hmm. and she's young and like, you know, you got the idea maybe she's hit the skids and she's doing, so it's like all of like my rooting like interest is, is for her and not Tom Cruise. Um, And it never because of that, it never felt like, you know, he is a legal adult. He is dumb as a box of rocks. But she's like, you know, like uh, like none of the advantages and privileges he has. uh, She has. So it always feels like she's punching up. uh, Yeah, for sure. And just, you know, kind of working him, which is her job. So and that's why I say like the surprising places that this movie goes with like him getting into the sex work business, essentially becoming a pimp and her becoming a madam and like 
taking it upon themselves to do all this stuff. That's what kept me watching this movie. Well, that and the fact that I had to podcast about it the next day. <laughs> uh, but, but that's what would have kept yeah. me interested in this movie had I not had that that uh, qualification. I I think that stuff works well enough and it's surprising and fun enough that this isn't a bad movie. It's yeah. just it doesn't do the great things that I see other movies yeah. of, of this same genre even. And doing. I, also, I also wonder how well to hold up on a second watch too because like the way he treats the school nurse like grabbing her like like it's that's it's like the gentlest limpest collar grab i've ever seen but yes it's still a collar grab right especially since he's like well i'm gonna lose literally everything but that not no you you just bumble fuck through life and right. wind up in even a better position and yet this this school nurse who's yeah. probably making seventeen thousand dollars a year you're like trying to roll tough on now to her credit she doesn't give a shit but still it it's it, it's a movie where the protagonist feels like his world is crumbling and feels like his future is slipping out from his grasp every second. Mm-hmm. And yet we know that it's not because we know his parents are rich and well-connected and he's going to bumblefuck his way into something no matter what. Yeah. Or and- even if he doesn't, he can live off his parents' inheritance for the rest of his life and never have to lift a finger. Right. Who gives a shit? Right. And nothing I'm like- I'm not concerned for this kid, but- yeah, all, all these things bad. Like he tries to big time Joey Pants, like like kind yeah. of like threaten or you know like act like he, like some of this stuff. It just I felt like you're right that and it is a comedy, so I don't know how much consequences I really want. But I thought what this sure, was going to sure. be is that this kid hits the skids and but but he ends up landing in a kind of like a shadowy, more sh- sh- shabby, disreputable version of his life where he is like loosely connected in this world of like pimps and drug dealers yeah and right call girls but instead he got the best of both worlds he gets to have this yeah. one time kind of fun they kind of imply don't they imply that he puts himself through college with this stuff too like i mean he gets himself into college with this and so also who, yeah well it it paid off here's another creative choice i hated hmm. and this is maybe an 80s thing but the voiceovers like Tom Cruise's self-important like voiceover at, at the, the very end. end, yeah. Where it's like this was like kind of a Breakfast Club kind of thing too. Where it's like, what the like, what is with these naive dumb assholes saying these big important things like that had nothing to do yeah. with the theme of the movie? Maybe it's supposed to be funny, like in a diluted kind of uh, this is where... satirical look at how Tom Cruise like. All the shit you went through, and you dodged every raindrop, and took event, and and you're still you 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 act like this is like something that's kind of turned you cynical or whatever. I I don't know. I thought it was funny, or or that you did like you got yeah. by on your own wits and and bravado, and yeah, you brought yourself through this by your bootstraps, mm-hmm. as opposed to just barely missing the bullet every time. I I, I don't know that that last speech really bothers me because it doesn't seem like he's learned a damn thing. No, no. He he, he says, I deal in human fulfillment. I made $8,000 last semester. And this is right after you see the other future entrepreneurs getting up on stage and saying, we built this thing and we made $500 right. last semester. Because we made what a high schooler, $800. What a high school's business thing would do, you know? Right. It's it's a it's a good amount of money um, for a small project like this, but it's not life-changing. Uh, neither is a grand, but a grand is an order of magnitude more than the people who put in the real work, right? Yeah. And then just accidentally stumble into something stupid. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like this movie was saying, is that, like, I did all this stuff on my own. I made it 
and look how awesome I am. That that it feels like a Wall Street sentimentality, like a capital pro unfettered capitalism ending, mentality. Oh, you know what? So I I read that um and I couldn't find I couldn't find like the details about it, but there was a a one-off statement in I think the IMDb article or maybe it's a Wikipedia article on Paul Brickman where he was angry that the studio made him compromise the ending. I wonder if the original screenplay huh. had him getting some kind of comeuppance. That would change the ending entirely. Because it, it like, felt if like the he's whole just oblivious, up to that, right? If he loses a bunch of stuff and he's oblivious to it, yes, it makes a hell of a lot more sense as a satire. Yes, this just makes it feel like it's the movie's thesis. Like there were pe- like, <laughs> I, and I don't have know, fun. Like, don't give a fuck and fumble your way through life and it'll all come out in the wash and if i'm a 16 year old boy maybe i am bummed that joel gets worked and he gets taken advantage of and it makes me feel kind of like dumb and silly but like also maybe maybe uh that would be a decent lesson to teach some young men in the 80s because i you you fuck around and find out right yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of say what the fuck and come out fine right right you know maybe you should be a little bit less confident in in and yourself and um you know, when you're got you got a guy like 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 Tom Cruise here. Um, I mean, he needed some confidence, but but where he comes out in the end feels entirely unearned. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's the ending that really bugs me because I think Tom Cruise is really not charming, but very good at playing like this kid. You know, who has got some kind of like appeal and some kind of charm, but like it's it's very uh you know undeveloped and unpolished and raw and he's very naive and he's but he's very earnest and uh I think he did a really good job and some of the things I've I've not seen Tom Cruise uh be this funny. Like I said that that him trying to keep the Porsche from fall, uh, going into the lake was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, some of his sex dreams and uh, like how he reacted to them, I thought was really funny. Getting watching him get pushed around by his friends and his his it, it's it's not a very Tom Cruisey role, right? It's not. No, guys, like he's just kind of losing, getting his ass kicked. All naive movie. nerd, not attractive. Did, did you tell yeah, me like, that like Tom Hanks was considered for this role? A lot of people were. Yeah, Gary Sinise. Tom Hanks is maybe. Oh even better than tom cruise in this this feels like a tom Hanks. this is the totally. kind of like this is like the bachelor party this is like 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 this we're sort of like, like big like I, I could believe if you put the character from big in this movie he'd be this stupid this <laughs> yeah. naive because he's an eight-year-old kid yeah yeah he might not microwave the thing before he tries to stick it in his mouth yeah very few films where to- tom cruise feels like vulnerable or one down like uh I right know. like he wasn't born with all the advantages yeah right? like they play around with that a little bit in vanilla sky definitely in magnolia but like this is the kind of like flashes of that cruise that yeah. like not playing megawatt everything's going his way everything's easy he's a superman um and i i like that also i haven't seen a I lot of rebecca de mornay stuff me either um and i thought she was really good playing a role that had to be difficult uh, especially at the, yeah. at the time like um playing this uh older woman who is taking advantage of the younger guy and still young older woman. But, yeah, 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 and yeah. still like smokingly attractive. Sure, um, but, but she's got but a also, lot more. And she knows there's more that, to it than just that. Especially if you think that this is her and Joey Pants tag teaming him, like definitely a level of sophistication that Joel had no counter for. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, uh, I I want to talk about some of the some more of the unbelievable things. Okay, in me. this movie because there are a few. Uh, there, there's a scene where Tom Cruise calls up Lana for the first time and he's waiting on the couch. It's late at night. He falls asleep waiting for her and she comes and knocks or she's just kind of in the house when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. 
let me let me paint a picture for you. You're a 17 year old kid. Uh, in this case, 19 year old. Either way, you're a virgin. Yes. Um, you are on the cusp of having sex. You know that the person who's going to have sex with you is on the way to the house. How many hours can you stay awake? How <laughs> how long is your intention span? <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'd be like trying to go to sleep before you know, as a six year old before Christmas. You know, like exactly. just vibrating with anticipation, nervousness, right? Uh, fear, I, excitement. Everyone who's been in this situation and is probably pretty close to everyone feels it. Yeah, it, just immediately you can recall like that Phil moment. Collins, you can feel it. In the air tonight. Absolutely, and that air keeps you awake. Yeah. But Tom Cruise falls the fuck sleep in like two hours. Which I, yeah, where I thought we were coming into a fantasy sequence again. And it does Same blur, here. it does blur that line in the cinematography stuff, which is probably the thing I think is, is funny. Because like, part of the thing that is funny about the, the engine of this is just like how kind of pathetic, horny adolescent men are. Totally. Like we like like it understands it, that you are except in the scene where he falls asleep. There's, yes. there's there's many men that just are completely led around by how desperately they need to get it in. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not me, of course. No, I'm no, not me. Way. Never me, yeah. of course. These other poor never. sons of bitches. Yeah, can't can't, can't control. Oh, himself. the tragedy. Yeah, it is. It is but I think uh, Roger Ebert wrote that too. Is like there's just like something quintessentially pathetic that you have to like yeah. laugh at these situations because you know what else you're gonna do. I've got another unrealistic thing. Yeah. And it's near the, it's the climax of the movie where his parents are coming home. He has had all of his furniture completely cleared out of the house. The house is empty. Joey Pants took it all while he was having sex on a train. Yep. Uh, And Joey Pants is selling his furniture back to Tom Cruise so that he can repopulate the house with uh, Mm -hmm. antiques. Mm -hmm. As someone who literally yesterday spent six hours <laughs> yeah. moving a two-bedroom apartment. Uh-huh. I can tell you for a fact that no one could fill this. I don't care how many movers, how, stra- how many young and strapping and they are. come over to help, yeah. <laughs> Bronson Pinchot is not getting the job done. You do not have enough time to fill that house back up. I did think it was funny because they implied like every scene they show about more and more that the boys who were in on the, the sex heist uh, uh, are in on the cover-up. Sure. Because you get the idea, like, like I think, like, Tom Cruise is just going around, like, calling in favors, like, calling in his banners. Uh-huh. Like, you guys. As he should. Yeah, because, like, you know, what, well, you want your parents to find out about this? Because I ain't going down. So, like, it's funny, like, the more and more boys that showed up to start helping. But, like, yeah, there's no. like They established at the start of the Joey Pants that he's got two hours. And it's impossible. How long did it take him to drive the truck over there? How long did it take? And, and obviously, that's the thing that he's. This whole run around with buying your stuff back. Yeah, and he's him. just. I mean, like... That's the fucking with them. Like, you know. Uh, and, and that's the other thing. It's like, it. it it took him exactly uh, how much money he had to buy his his, uh, his parents' shit back, except for he... Yeah. That's the that's other... I thought it was really funny that he ends up exactly the same position that he was where he thought it was his life was going to be over, that, like, oh, he owes money on this egg. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things. like I, But I, I guess now that I've, I've thought about it, it does... If I was Paul Brickman, and, and if your ending was even was anything but this one and the studio like you know what people like joel they want him to win i could see being fucking livid yeah because the movie is got something um there's something there if it just hits harder in the end yeah 
Yeah, it is. It's it is very sexy. It's got a killer soundtrack. Uh, I thought some of the situations are clever. It, it moves pretty. It's it's a uh, like an hour thirty five. I think like it 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 moves briskly. Um, it just yeah, it felt like it it was building up to something, and maybe that's why this that's maybe that's why the uh, voiceover seemed completely out of place. Is that like you know they had their resh- kind of shoot around and like give this a positive yeah. spin and like, just get Tom Cruise doing voiceover work because it, it didn't feel That's like it thing. earned that ending at all. And they do such a good job at the beginning. I thought setting up how he is risking ruin by chasing women yeah. and, and, and money, right? Like the only yeah. things he cares about are women and money and he doesn't have either. It's risky business. And then, the movie gives him both at the end. I, I feel like if this movie had taken either or both of those things away from him, if they yeah. had shown like, hey, you actually did fuck up your chance to go to an Ivy League school by chasing this woman and mm-hmm. saying what the fuck, um, that would have that would have been more, I don't know, to my taste, certainly. This movie is it's called Risky Business, but it comes off as like Certificate of Deposit. Because it just feels like the safe, you know, like this is the safest. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like there's no, there's no, no way you can lose kid. Yeah. You know, unless, unless the United States government goes bankrupt, you're going to get your <laughs> 1.5%. All right. Right. <laughs> Compounded over X many years. That'll do you. Yeah. What else do we have to talk about? Uh, we always talk about Tom Cruise sprinting in his movies. And there's a pretty good one here when he sprints to get to that test. Boy, yeah. he really moves up er- to the schoolhouse door. Early Tom Cruise running work, yeah. For um, sure. You see, you, yeah, you can see the genesis of of his sprinting reputation. But then also, he sprints on a bike. I don't think I've ever seen anyone <laughs> ride a bike this fast or this furious. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was pretty impressive. God, that was a hilarious Bronson. Uh, was is he the one the cousin Bucky the one that roasts him where he's like. Uh, uh, said, nah, you walked home and jerked off. And then <laughs> oh, Tom Cruise bigger. is like, he said, what was it? It's something yeah. like, oh, you really, and he's like, oh, no, wait, wait, you were on your bike. Oh, no, you biked home and jerked yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a great joke. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Um, the the other unrealistic thing. So he so he's soaked to the bone after that sprinting bike ride, right? He goes, yeah. he sprints on the bike. He goes up like 10 flights of stairs. He sees Lana. He gives her the wettest, nastiest hug in the history of nasty hugs. And then when his parents are coming home, he spends what must be just, just an insane two hours moving furniture in with Bronson Pinchot. It it doesn't sweat a drop during that. Not a single damn drop ends up like he's freshly showered on his parents' couch with dry hair, perfectly quaffed. Yeah. Pretty unrealistic. That's the kind of control you have over your uh, your body when you're uh, uh, operating feet and level of eight. You know, like that's <laughs> the, that's the Scientology. Yeah, training. you just turn or, the sweat or, or, on or early, off. Yeah, or, or, early Scientology training coming in clutch for sure. <laughs> uh, it is funny saying because we talk about how like ageless this guy is, uh, mm-hmm. but seeing him like this young, yeah, he looks young. And like before he had, cause he's had some work done most notably with this thing. Yeah. You know, it's like he's, he had a little bit of a snaggle tooth situation that he's invisaligned away, but yeah, uh, it is, it is interesting to see like pre megastar Tom Hanks or not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise and, and where, where he goes from here to like, you know, his mission impossible stuff. Yep. What else you got? I think that's it. Okay. 
I uh, I had fun with this movie. But I did too. It's not my favorite. No, nah, it's a it's a confection, and it is like I I man I I wonder if there's a director's cut that has more of the original because I I kind of want to tear in. I, I ran out of time researching it. I want to look more into that because, like I said, I I think this movie would be um man this movie got so much positive reviews four star review by Ebert and to me wow. this is this is like a three star movie that could be a four star with a better ending. Yep. Uh, so the next movie was selected by our patron executive producers as the girl with the dragon tattoo. This is the 2011 David Fincher version. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing a special thing. We've been doing, uh, you know, the, uh, executive producers pick for a while. We've had a couple second place finishes by movies. So we're going to do a, a, a last chance roundup. Uh, if you're a patron executive producer, the movies you have to vote on for prestige movie of the week include, not include this is a this is the sum set list. Wall Street, My Girl, Twister, and Lincoln. Very four very different movies from very different eras. Uh I would be tickled pink to do either of them. So mm-hmm. if you are a patron, now's the time to go to patreon.com. If you're an executive producer, executive producer patron, yeah. now's the time to go to patreon.com slash bald move and make your voice heard. And then we'll be back in a couple weeks to cover which what uh, whichever the movies we've won. But next week uh, we'll be back with Girl to Dragon Tattoo. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we will see you on the next one. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.